These early disciples, the twelve, were not perfect people. They made many mistakes. Often we see in the Gospels that Jesus gets impatient with them because they don't understand what he's saying. They argue among themselves about who's going to be greatest. And they bicker. And they fail to understand the real depth of his teaching. And they abandon him at the end. Peter, the biggest failure, denies him three times. So why do we look to these disciples as the model of our discipleship? They don't seem to be very good disciples. But he was faithful to them. There was this connection. And once this connection is made, he is faithful to it. And even if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful to us. And that's the great strength of Christian discipleship. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be faithful and to know that he is faithful to us. He had three close disciples, Peter, James, and John, who accompanied him at very important moments when the healing of Jairus' daughter at the transfiguration in the Garden of Gethsemane. But in a sense, each one of us is a close disciple. We have different roles to play in the church, in the body of Christ. But each one of us is called to this intimate relationship with him. We don't have to think of ourselves as second best because we're not perfect. If they weren't perfect, why should we expect that we will be perfect? Discipleship is about accepting and knowing yourself as you are, but also knowing that the gaze of Jesus, the loving gaze of Jesus, is on us at all times. And then there was St. Paul, who didn't know the Jesus in his lifetime, but after his death, after his resurrection, as the church slowly began to form, he became an, a, like a Taliban persecutor. He was persecuting the Christians. He was there when Stephen, the first martyr, was stoned to death. So Paul, who went through his moment of encounter with the risen Christ, on the road to Damascus, calls himself an apostle. I'm as much an apostle as those other 12, he said. So we can relate to him too. We didn't know Jesus in the flesh, but we meet him, as St. Paul did, as the risen Christ. And the risen Christ is the indwelling Christ. And this again is why our prayer is so important. Because our prayer is not only about thinking of Jesus in the tabernacle or Jesus on the throne of heaven, but Jesus dwelling, staying in my heart, in the center of my being. St. Paul says, your hope of a glory to come is 
Christ within you. This is the depth of Christian discipleship, that we know Jesus to be dwelling, living, guiding, loving within us. So what is involved in being a disciple? Love of Jesus, that love will grow just as love in friendship or marriage, love of children, that grows over time. Our love of Jesus grows. It also involves obedience to his teaching as best we can. We fail many times, but we keep walking with him. Jesus says that no one can be a disciple without renouncing all his possessions. That's a little disconcerting if we take it only at the materialistic level. St. Francis lived that life of complete physical renunciation, didn't own anything. But that's only one reflection of the meaning of this call to renounce all our possessions. Of course, there is a material aspect to it. It will be difficult to be a disciple of Jesus and to be a full-blown consumer who thinks of nothing except owning things, buying things, shopping. If that's the only thing in our life, or if that's the main priority of our life, or the main way we use our leisure time as consumers, it would affect our discipleship. Or if we had more than enough and we wouldn't share it with the poor, with those who needed it, then that would also affect our discipleship. We would be possessive, miserly. So there is a material aspect to this renouncing of possessions. But the deepest meaning of it is poverty of spirit. Being able to let go within ourselves of the egotistical impulse to possess and control. That's a very deep-rooted instinct in every human being, to possess and control. We think it's more important to have than to be. And again, this is in our prayer of meditation. It's in our prayer that we actually do renounce all our possessions. We have responsibilities to family, to friends, to jobs. You can't just renounce everything and put your children on the streets. But you can, while being responsible about your wealth or your possessions, you can still renounce them if you become non-possessive and you use them generously and wisely and you're not possessed by your possessions. So this is a very important element of discipleship that we know what poverty of spirit really means. Another element of discipleship is non-violence. This is what characterizes the Christian life, the teaching of Jesus. To turn the other cheek, to love our enemies, to give blessings to those who curse us. 
This isn't the way of the world. This isn't the way most political institutions or countries operate. They take revenge, they retaliate, they get their own back. But the Christian disciple is on his or her way to understand what nonviolence means, what it means, as Jesus himself showed us in his own life, to be nonviolent. To be a disciple is also to live by simple values and the value of simplicity. Our lives today are increasingly complex, distracted. The more time-saving devices we have, the, the more stressed we become. We get a mobile phone and then we become addicted to our mobile phone. The first step in learning to meditate is to turn off your mobile phone. Very difficult for some people. I'm sure when we meditate, somebody's phone might go off because it's just too difficult to turn it off. But when you turn off your mobile phone, you are saying, I'm here. I'm not waiting for a call. I'm not waiting for a message. I'm here. And the meaning of prayer is to say, Lord, I am here. Do with me what you will. Another important element of discipleship is that we care, genuinely, compassionately care for the poor. And we defend the weak, the people who are being scapegoated, the people who are being gossiped about. We don't join in the gossip. We care for them. We know that their reputation may be being destroyed by gossip. We say, no, I'm not going to be part of that. And we care for the poor. And that's a defining aspect of Christian discipleship. That because we are in touch with the living, risen Jesus within us, and we know that from deep silence and deep prayer, that gives us the energy and the love and the impulse to care for the poor and defend the weak. And to be a disciple also is to be committed within a community, not just to be an individualist, not just to be a consumer of spirituality, jumping from one thing to another, but putting your anchor down, making a commitment, like as you do in marriage. There's a commitment. One commits oneself to a person or to a way of life, and that commitment is a defining aspect of our identity as a Christian disciple. And above all, remembering that first story from the Gospel of John, all of this takes place in the context of prayer. It's prayer that nourishes this life of discipleship and all of these different elements of our Christian identity. It affects our morality, our family life, our attitude to social justice, to our worship and to our service in community.